Good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you're at. The Dharma talk title today, completely slips my mind, even though I kind of thought it up, I think. Didn't I send you something? What did I say? Why would I say that? Not either or. So I was going to say either or, and then I thought, no, either or would be more better. No better. So, but uh, Kierkegaard already took that title. So I won't use that one. <clears throat> Could be any talk title, but what I want to talk about is the whole either or situation that we tend to uh, put ourselves into that kind of a corral or that kind of a, a form. And it's it, it could be helpful as long as you're really aware that's what you're doing, then any form is helpful if you're aware that you're in, you put yourself in a structure. So when I say, don't give me either or questions, you could still do that as long as you're really clear of the need to do it that way. So sometimes people will ask a question, and then they'll say, is this, is this, uh, is what I'm seeing or what I'm dealing with, is this, this or this, is this really red or blue or green, or is it just purple? Uh, you, you know, we, and then I, then I, then I get lost in the same uh, lack of calibration that you're dealing with. Not a judgment, just a conclusion about your incompetence. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Uh, conclusions don't work, as you can see. It's easy to do those, though, isn't it? It's easy to just stop looking, stop searching, or stop uh, inquiring, or stop saying, what is that? What is that? And come to some kind of a conclusion that feels like uh, feels like the truth, but it's just a sidetrack. It's just a way station. It's just an, an otherness. It's just a, a, it's either this or that. Well, it must be that. It has to be that. It can't, it can't be anything else but that. If you stop looking for proof for things... It seems to be helpful. It's not that there isn't some kind of evidence that the direction you're going isn't working or uh, or not working, or isn't there the either or doesn't show up there. Of course it does. That's why it makes it so damned hard to stay off the merry-go-round, off the treadmill, out of the out of the Ferris wheel, out of the rotation. We're getting better, getting worse, getting better, getting worse. The very nature of samsara is to uh, go in circles. The nature of uh, dependent origination is has a has a, a very circular quality to it, not a direct. This causes that. That's what we look for because that gives us the illusion that we can somehow if we can stop that. Then you could stop that. If you can start this, then you could cause this to occur. And am I talking in circles? If you notice that, then that what do you call that? That's awareness. It's a it's about awareness my friends, my pals, my Dharma brothers and sisters. I'm a member of the Sangha too. When I say not either or, I'm not doing away with that aspect of that is arising in consciousness but it's not just that, it's not just, is it this or is it that? 
the t tendency to be kind of selective about something being the correct uh, direction or the incorrect direction. Uh, it's uh, in incredibly, um, that whole area is very seductive about getting us to just, we don't know what this is. We do it in conversation with others. We do it in our own uh, discursive thought and our own going around in our minds, whether it's sitting on the cushion and watching that come and go, or whether it's interacting with somebody who's uh, maybe really agreeing with everything we're saying and so on, or, uh, or disagreeing with everything we're saying and so off. So on and so off, either or, either or. It's like if you're, it's like a, a, to use a kind of a simple uh, image, if you're in a rowboat and you're, you're trying to figure out which or, you're going circles. Is it either this or, or is it that or? A silly metaphor, but it's like that. It's like uh, that might help you see that don't, don't, don't take a position and don't reject the positions that arise in front of you. It's about awareness, not about right and wrong uh, um, going in this direction or going in that direction. If you're already on this path and you're already beginning to sit down on a cushion to do something from the point of view of ego that is totally useless, useless is not, uh, ego is not going to get a particular credential out of sitting meditation. It might get something, but probably isn't going to get a credential there. It might be just otherwise. Uh, in, order to, in order to have a credential, to have some kind of a, oh, yeah, I now have this. Uh, there has to be uh, a powerful ignorance going on. Ignoring the completely open dimension with which there is no self and no other. This is, it is a realization. It's not a conclusion, and it's not particularly about an experience. Realization is not a, a feeling of, oh, I must be realized, or I'm feeling so good all the time. Or I don't seem to be worried about anything anymore. Conclusion. Well, I've already, I just said a whole bunch of really unhelpful things. <laughs> Is that kind of what you expected, probably? But I'm very much about uh, responding to questions, even though I've only talked for about 10 minutes. I can continue to talk with no questions. I'm just full of stuff all the time. But it might fine-tune this whole either-or situation. See if you can ask questions that are direct, right to the point, right? What is that? What is that? Or what is this? And I might turn it back and say, that's something you're going to have to find out. So the more direct your question, the more direct of a response I can give to you. This is true in this kind of a Sangha um, Dharma talk situation. And it's true as if you happen to ever sit in front of me as an individual. Uh, well, we have a Zoom, but sometimes we do with people who are in a, a group, kind of a group quarantine situation, you're able to, we're able to sit down in front of each other. A while back, we were sitting uh, uh, way across the room with masks on, but that's face-to-face -face somewhat. Uh, Shoto, go ahead, your question. Should we contemplate our questions before asking them? Yeah. 
Yeah, don't blurt out anything. Don't tell me what you might say, especially you. <laughs> I mean, it's like, isn't your mind trying to like making sausage or something? Or, or, let me think of another image here. Yeah, you should, you should, I'm not saying fret about it, but you could reflect on what you're about to ask. See if you can uh, ask a question uh, that is, that is not only perhaps helpful in some way to support your awareness practice, but also possibly uh, if you feel like it's something you kind of already know, you could still, as a monk, you could still ask on behalf of others that may not understand that. Go ahead. Is, is that contemplation different than analysis? Yes. Yeah. Analysis is not contemplation. Contemplation is observing a particular object or situation, but it's not analysis. You go into analysis, it's not that that's incorrect, but if you go into analysis, then then you start to analyze and you start to come up with relative conclusions about this and that with, with well, partial evidence. All evidence is partial. I think I've given that talk three or four times, haven't I? Have I ever given that talk? Are you sure? Is your memory working? No. <laughs> You seem so sure of yourself. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I guess just personally, I'm looking for that that middle ground between just blurting out a question and kind of over processing the question. So, what is the middle way in that? Excuse me, I was I was busy gritting my teeth. Paraphrase that question, please. Will a direct question look direct to us? Will, will a direct question what? Will it appear direct to the person asking? Probably will. Probably will. I'm not trying to tighten things up too much so your vocal cords are starting to have cramps. Is that funny? <laughs> Chuckling. Oh, I People so. are chuckling all over the place, and, <laughs> and I'm not getting the joke. Uh, I'm the punchline? Go ahead. I am. Go ahead. You got it now? Or no? No. Further yes. You said earlier that dependent origination has a circularity to it. Mm -hmm. What is that circularity of dependent origination? It's, it's passion, aggression, and ignorance. Grasping, uh, rejecting, and then ignoring that that part of the situation. Ignoring the polarity between grasping and rejecting, and it causes it to come right back again. Simply put, I'll, I'll use a, a metaphor or a story. It's like if you're suddenly just, uh, someone does something and you're distracted by something else and somebody, somebody I'm just going to make it a really tight, small story. So it's a, it can be, you can relate it possibly to an experience of your own is something happens that just triggers your anger or your, it might not be, a, you might not fly into a rage, but you might be dismissive of somebody who is maybe just asking for your help. You might, you might come back and maybe shout at them. Say, don't bother, don't, can't you see what I'm busy right now? Might be something simple like that. And they might say, whoop, sorry, and they leave. And then instead of being responsible, 
of what you just did. So self-centeredness does not want to take responsibility. When I say take, it's not actually a taking, but does not want to witness and be the very aggression that was coming out of the dependent origination we call the self or the apparent self or the ego or the seventh consciousness. But it wants, it doesn't want to do that. So therefore what happens next is it goes, it rotates from the aggression, uh, little flashes of ignorance of shutting down happen because it doesn't like that. It doesn't want to be the person who was mean. It doesn't want to be that. So then it goes into passion, which is what? Remorse. So then it goes into that part of the triangle. And then when you next time, and then you might go get up and go to the other room. And this is very simple. I'm so sorry. I just, I've really been, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I said that to you. It's not, and I don't misunderstand. I'm not saying you shouldn't apologize for being rude or being, but, but the awareness might be missing and you might be getting a credential of maybe I said that, but at least I'm apologizing. So you're getting a little token. It's only about the size of a, what? It's about half a poker chip. Not much. It's just like a little bit. And that, that uh, by doing that, you set up that dynamic of, well, I did this, but now I've done that. And then the next thing that happens is the whole thing is shut down. Ignorance. And of course, that ignorance um, is pretty comfortable. It's like a clean, uh, it looks like a clean you just spill stuff all over the table, but then you put a cloth over it. So now it's all okay again. And which sets the scene literally for the next part to come the next, when you get triggered again and you do that again, and then you have to apologize. This doesn't mean that if you do something, you shouldn't apologize, but, uh, or say, well, sorry about that. I, but you could at least be, when I say at least, this ties in with the sitting practice of meditation. Very difficult to think your way into this kind of a situation and just perform that. So you, you're the person who's always aware. You're never going to get a credential that you're the person who's always aware. The very nature of ego is to look for that kind of a credential. That's why I say many times, just be the anger, be the difficulty. It doesn't mean validate your anger so that you can go and hurt people or kill people. I just have to be me kind of thing. I'm just saying that in other words, when the anger comes up, if you can practice when you're facing the wall, practice when you're talking to your, your spouse or your coworker or your child, for that matter, to get some time with the aggression, with the anger or with the irritation that is coming up before you uh, uh, express it, uh, before you uh, withhold it or drag it back into some kind of a, a modified or construct, constructed ignorance based on a lot of thought patterns around it. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't act like I shouldn't do that. That's totally wrong. And what I'm expressing here comes out of many, many years of looking at this. It, it's not out of stuff I've read. Of course, I did read uh, Life of Suffering, the Cause of Desire, and the Goal of Cessation in the Path is Sheila Samadhi and Project. I've read that many times, and I've also read about passion, aggression, and ignorance. I've read it, I've read it. But seeing it yourself, seeing in your own in your own mind, in your own expression, your own kitchen table, in your own child, in your own spouse, in your own activity, you have to see that actual, the teachings show up in your life. It is not an either or. And if you do an either or, and it doesn't make a whistling sound, so you won't even know about it. It just, we just shut down on it. And we make our little tidy nest in that structure called identity called me and I'm terrible. I can't do anything right. Or me and I'm not incorrect. Go ahead, Shisho.
Kishabhan. Uh, I want to go back to the, uh, the question part of the discussion. Uh, how, does the, how does the question help at all in our practice if by definition if we are seeking a question in order to get an answer or a conclusion? It's, it's just about awareness. And so we have to do something. Otherwise, uh, there's no, there has to be some kind of interaction in the so-called relative world that, 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 that functions in terms of dependent origination. You can't stop dependent origination. You actually are dependent origination in, in the, the, the manifestation, the nirmanakaya, the actual manifesting aspect of dharmakaya is the human being or any, anything, a palm tree, a rock, box of donuts, whatever it is, that's the manifestation. So we're not trying to get rid of that and be live in some kind of a God realm. Uh, so the question, what I'm saying is, uh, and you know, if you say, is it this or that, do an either or question, you don't have to stop doing that necessarily. I'm just saying, be really aware that you're setting up a dynamic and that you're presenting that to either a Sangha member or to the teacher and saying, is it this or this, is it red or blue? Actually, it's purple. I'm just it's a little bit of a silly kind of a simplistic but you know, asking the question, and I would say it looks, and maybe not always, it's not always so, but it looks like if you can just do a direct question about it rather than, a, rather than the either or version. You'll see if you, if you read, uh, if you listen to really highly intelligent uh, news reporters and people who are having political discussions, and some of them are extremely, you know, uh, I don't know if you listen to uh, the news much, but Someone like uh, Ali Velshi, of course, is extremely uh, intelligent. And if you listen to the way he talks, he's extremely good at parsing things up, but he is trapped in either or. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't have a spiritual path. He's Muslim, so of course he does. But uh, there's lots of different spiritual paths, different things that are operating and are called spiritual. And I'm not here to say they aren't. They probably are. But if you, if you, if you watch the way, especially if somebody is really smart uh, um, and really, uh, even if they're on the, the other side of the uh, tennis court, you know, so-called, the, and they're really smart, but yet they're disturbed in that they're grasping at some kind of a, an accomplishment. Just be aware of that. We don't have to fight it. I'm not saying the whole world is going to blow up because of the craziness, but the craziness is dependently arisen and you can't. Uh, people might point to you and say, you need to march on this or march on that. Or, Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't, I've had people do that to me. Why aren't you, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not working on the, on the, yeah, I'm not working on, I'm trying to work with the foundation of the, of the situation rather than try to work with the, the, the wrong, uh, wrong colored icing on the cake. Let's, let's look at the, recipe of the cake and then look at the paper it's printed on and then let's look at the let's look below that where, where the trees that the paper came from a little bit silly but it's it's like that let's let's go to the the root of the situation and an either or is just you know circular didn't you question from shane in virginia does creation completion practice help out help your conclusions dissolve it could. 
but it's not so much about dissolving it. It's uh, it's seeing what it is. It's seeing that you're not separate from anything. You don't have to get rid of anything. You don't have to dissolve anything, but you might have to practice a, uh, what Shane's referring to as the Tibetan the uh, Vajrayana practice of uh, creation completion, which is shows up in all those uh, Tibetan lineages, all four of them, and all four of the the sub lineages under those of uh, deity yoga, basically. And the simple form is one that people do here as a white Tara. You sit down, you you create the deity either in, in your heart center or in front of you or on top of your head or as your whole form, and then you you chant that mantra and you do some kind of repetitive situation. And then because it's creation, 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 you're creating things, you're creating, you're doing what the world what is happening in the world, but you're doing it in a, in a smaller scale and you get to be the creator. You actually get to be the imputed deity that created all, created all this, but it's imaginary. And you eventually see that and you dissolve that. Uh, so that what that does is rather than get you to a point where you get to dissolve stuff, uh, it, it allows you to see how things come into being and how they pass out of being. But you can do that doing shikantaza. You don't really need, uh, as, as, as the way I see it, you don't need all of the elaborations that are happening in the in uh, uh, tantric Buddhism. That being said, individually you may, and that's why this is that's why the order of immediate light is not closing out. I'm not closing out any forms that I have practiced and understood. Because I teach out of what I've been practicing, and that's some of the things I've been practicing. However, I don't promote anything other than sit down, hold still, and watch the movement. And then you'll come and tell me what more you need. And you may not tell me you need that, but I may suggest it by listening to your uh, listening to your uh, uh, questions or your any any interaction I may have with you. <clears throat> Kevin Bowing. I have one question here, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then we'll come to yours. Go ahead, Chuchu. A uh, question from Kyosaku. Kyosaku. Is the realization of a human being's deep delusions the closest that a human being can be to the realization of enlightenment? I don't know. Find out. I wouldn't take away your intelligence by giving you a conclusion. But you should look for it. You should, if you're asking that kind of a question, get your butt to the cushion, to your cushion. Get your butt into your own meditation room, to your room, I suppose, unless you're living with your mom. And then you should let you use it. Or maybe you're living in an old folks home. I don't know. I don't know you personally. But get your body-mind complex, this human form, to a position where you can sit down and hold down and watch the way you personally, Kiyosaku, the way you personally are, you keep manufacturing things. I'm not accusing you of anything, but if you're here and you're asking that kind of a question, you're ready to see that. You may need my help. You may not. I'm very biased. I think, I think you need a teacher. I think you need a uh, community. I think you need a teaching. If you're asking that kind of a question, but you need to see it. Now, if you want to paraphrase that, if you'd rather have an answer, then uh, give me a question and I can answer. <laughs> Stop beating around the bush. Ah, Shoka did actually go to go to uh, Elk Rapids. Yeah. Huh. I think he flew up there in a Piper Cub or something. Got there awful quick. Go ahead. No other questions? Oh, there is one. Oh, go ahead. 
Get one more and then I'm going to go to uh, Kevin Tomley. Does the enlightened one die consciously? It doesn't matter because your concept of consciousness is not what consciousness is. It's a concept. And until you see what this is, you'll continue to name and choose and pick. And, and it's, it's not that. It's beyond that. And even the word beyond is too conceptual for what it actually is. Because we need to go beyond so we can see it's not separate. This is what Coben was talking about when he translated the, the mantra of the, uh, of the, heart, of the uh, uh, heart Sutra. Gone, gone, gone beyond, gone completely beyond. So be it. Gate, gate, paragate, parasangate, bodhisattva. Um, how did you say it? Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do. Everything all at once. And he was actually lying. He's a big liar. Because nothing occurs. And even when his own as the 16th Karmapas said nothing occurs, he's pointing at it, but and he's doing the best he can on his deathbed before he entered uh, Parinirvana, is trying to say nothing really happens. He was saying to that to somebody who was ready to hear that, which was a uh, uh, Vajra Regent Ursul Tenzin. Uh, but the Vajra Regent Ursul Tenzin apparently had wax in his ears. I'm just saying, I don't know if he did or not. Because he still stumbled around quite a bit after he heard that teaching. Kevin, go ahead. Kevin Bowing. Sometimes the identity we kind of nest in seems to fracture when we get into dynamics of part of me wants to do this, part of me thinks that. How do we work with that dynamic, Bowing? Just observe. Just observe and see the way in which you're, you're hungry for or clinging to a conclusion. Should I, should I, should I, people torture themselves with that. And they're, it's like, it's like the child in the backseat of the car or you're, you're, you're in your uh, 1953 Hudson Hornet and you're headed to Palm Beach and, you know, and you're eight years old. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? It's like you want to say to the kid, look out and see, are we there? Why are you even asking me the question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you will... You will know it. You will know it, but you but you won't know it unless you look at it. If you just look at the back of the seat of the Hudson Hornet and depend on uh, apparent authority in the front seat, and am I am I making a silly response here a little bit? But I mean, you actually need to look at it instead of back up three inches from the actual thing you need to look at and go into some kind of uh, polarity uh, analysis about the whole thing. There are a lot of people out there that are writing books and even teaching that will, because they have left the polarity in the analysis and are extremely good at it, will try to magnetize you into what they're teaching because they, what, need students or need to, need to control people or they need to have people to affirm and appreciate their vast and incredible insight and intelligence into the fundamental nature of reality using the teachings of the Buddha's Dharma, including an uh, uh, Ashoka uh, needing uh, uh, Vasubandhu and what's that other guy in the third century? You look embarrassed. There isn't anybody in the third century that I know about. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin? More? 
Um, I'm just curious about what what's occurring when I even think there are different parts of me that have different opinions. Just, well, what's fundamentally occurring is just aware you're just aware of dependent origination, but you tend to when I say you, I'm just I'm not accusing you of anything. But the way it looks here, since you're asking, it looks like you're personalizing it in order to feel more secure. This is what happens with what the classical uh, discontinuous uh, identity disorder and all the other things. I'm not saying there isn't lots of things happening in that area. There are. There, there some of them are very intense. And, and if uh, modern science doesn't want to look at it because it doesn't know how to, what to do about that. So it just pretends it doesn't exist. You know, like aliens, ghosts, and all of that. You notice how if you look in any book on what what they call science <laughs> ha, ha, ha. they just what, what's the attribution there well the, you're crazy if you think that you're not you're just insane or you're it's schizophrenic or psychotic those are names that prevent you from looking any further into it i'm not saying they're incorrect relatively they're very correct very descriptive and people get together and have co conferences about it just like the whole thing that uh uh, that I've been looking into recently and one of my students, Ondo, I don't know if Ondo's here or not, I don't see her picture there. She's in Florida. I don't know if they have pictures in Florida. But I've been looking into this uh, polyvagal theory, which is a fairly recent within the last 20, 30 years of looking at the, the nervous system and how that works and how that sense of, of being afraid or being in danger can, you know, nothing is happening, but how you feel is what's important, not how uh, how things are conventionally to other people and and so on. And so coming back to your uh, question there, uh, all of those different parts, just look at them. And notice how they don't last, especially if you just look at something. If you just look at the wall, begin. it starts to look like a wall, but then depending on the, the causes and conditions that are rising in your particular life stream, life stream that are dependent on so many other things that are coming and going, it, will, it could turn into a, uh, cartoons on the wall it could turn into uh, uh, scenes from Gone with the Wind, and it could turn into something that happened to you yesterday. It might not be pictorial, but it might be conceptual. It might be some aspect of memory that keep that is unresolved, that has been challenging you, that you are upset about, and that shows up. And what I say in that area is just observe. Don't try to create a mind that is calm. Don't do that. Look at the chaos. Because you can create a mind that's on. There are techniques I can give you a few. Shamatha Vipassana. And it's don't misunderstand me. I always say this because I know that people are people who teach that. There are people who practice that. And I'm all about that. If you feel that's what you want to do, then please do it. Please do that practice. It might be a good idea to have a, a teacher or a mentor or someone you can talk to about how that happens. Because that's a very complicated area. Shamatha Vipassana, which leads into... Uh, in that area, it would lead into some kind of uh, creation completion practice eventually. So just watch the movement, whatever the phenomena, just watch the phenomena, your particular phenomena, watch the tendency to, to turn into personalities or aspects of yourself, just seeing the, the various partitions come apart. So you can see all of the elements that have been kept apart by what? Mukegeko, the walls of the mind, as it says in the Heart Sutra. Japanese translated from the 
uh, Japanese, which was translated from what the Sanskrit. There's a question in the chat box from Sheldon. Okay, Sheldon, better be does, does the Sandokai address this topic? Does it help us to see how we divide things in this way? Yes. Yeah, Sandokai is the equality of sameness and difference. One of the sutras that we I think we do that for six months, and then we do Hokkyo's uh, on my for six months. Sometimes we forget to change them. I don't know what we're doing now. If you're familiar with those uh, two uh, uh, poems from the ancient China, uh, uh, Chinese uh, Buddhist tradition, those are wonderful. Both of them are, are working with consciousness in different ways, the way it polarizes. And Sandokai is the equality of sameness and difference. Things that are the same and the things that are different are, the, if you see what that is, there's an, an equilibrium there that uh, you can't dismiss it. You can't, but you have to see it. It, it can't be something that you see and you, you conclude about. You have to actually see it. Uh, Sandokai is a, a poem, uh, Sheldon's asking about that, that uses concepts because it goes back and forth. It, it creates enough wrinkles in the thinking process that you can't really you can't really iron that out. So you can't just conclude something unless you see that you have to actually see that. And sitting practice of meditation is a way to train your mind to what you to put it very literally to stop believing your thoughts and believing your emotions. It's not that they're not there, but it's like, not that if you disbelieve them, they're going to go away. They don't need to go away. Just see that they are dependently risen. In the, sense, in the sense that they're dependently arisen, their singularity, their apparent shape or color or density or emotional force is impermanent. Doesn't mean it's not there, but who you are can't be destroyed by that. Yes. Beavine, does dependent origination lead us to conclusions? Sure. Is there an escape from dependent origination? Coffee. <laughs> Work for me. <laughs> no. Thank you, Jen, for promoting that kind of drug. <laughs> I've been sending people that live in your area there over to uh, Cafe Martin. Anyone who gets into Brooklyn, you should go and see Jen. And... Uh, are people people can come in your front door they just can't come in with a, a crowd of people right is that right yeah yeah but eventually like this summer uh it should be open and we'll all be able to crowd in there what is your capacity when uh when it's not COVID season jen bowing maybe 12. <laughs> <laughs> we could all go in there <laughs> you're 12. welcome that's that's a that's a study group. So, yeah, we'll we'll be in there. Uh, I've already sent a few people over there. I don't know if they showed up. So, what was that question again? Is there an escape from dependent origination? Yeah, coffee. <laughs> so there's no. You don't need to escape. You just need to if you see the bars of your personal prison. If we just see the bars, then. You're liberated and it's not going to feel you're not going to have a lot of contrast like suddenly whoo i'm glad i'm out of that prison you actually see that you, you don't have to escape from something you're not separate from you, you are the actual part go ahead so in realizing dependent origination 
Does yes. that put us on the first booming? You might be able to say it that way, that it, it puts us in a, or we have an understanding that w there's no solid being here anymore. That's the first booming of joy. And that's what the joy is about. It's not a relative joy. You, you just see it. And this doesn't mean you won't still, still, you won't have negative feelings or you won't be reactive to this or that. Dependent origination is still going to come and go. It isn't like quite often the misunderstanding with liberation is, oh, all my negative thoughts will be gone and I'll be in a state of uh, samadhi or bliss all the time. And of course, those are pre 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 excuse me, preconceptions about realization or samadhi or bliss or enlightenment. We think we're, that we're going to go to that area. That's just a, that's just a God realm. Enlightenment is not a, a state of mind. It, it is mind. A state of mind means there's still some kind of a uh, somebody here who's having a state of mind. So uh, the path that is described sometimes using something like the boomies, or you realize there's no solid self in the skandhas, but you, you're still hooked on all the otherness out there, the other people who are uh, crazy or who are enlightened for that matter, yes. How does personalizing something like intense anger or feel help to secure our identity? I don't know other than it just does because of the, the whole, just assuming that that is happening. What is your, what do you, what does you fundamentally want to know about that? Cause that's kind of an obvious thing. Don't go to or. I'll go ahead. <laughs> Yesterday, you have, were given a talk during our session, and there's just a lot of what I would call anger just that whole time. It wasn't really pointing. You were angry at the teacher? Yeah, it was coming up with every everything that was going on, yeah. including you. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, how does that help me secure who I am or who I think I am? The anger? Mm -hmm. Because you believe your feelings. You believe that there is someone... I'm not accusing you of anything, and maybe this isn't true, but probably, or you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be asking these questions. You wouldn't be, uh, you might still be a monk, but you wouldn't certainly wouldn't be asking me that question. Just that you're asking me the question, that that's actually showing that you have anger, and, you, and that is showing up as someone who's angry. You're the one who's angry. And who are you? The one who's angry. It's a relative situation. And, and it's, there's no way to think your way out of it. And you're a, quite a thinker and you have a strong uh, intellectual conceptual dynamic. You're very good, not a compliment, just an observation. You're very good with working with concepts, even really complicated ones. When I, when I listen to the book study, when you're talking about something like any of the complicated material, Vasubandhu or the works of Vasubandhu or the, the works of uh, um, uh, Jeffrey Hopkins book, uh, um, meditation on emptiness. Yeah, name of it. You know, your, your way of working with that material show, shows me and shows everyone that you, you have a good conceptual understanding of what's being said. But you tend to, when I say but, it's just a way of talking about it. You, you tend to get trapped by the concepts that you're able to talk about. And so therefore you believe you're the one who's generating those concepts. There's some kind of identity happening there. I am not thinking right now. I'm not thinking about, I don't know, I'm not protecting myself. I, I, I'm not saying, I don't give a, I'm not going to say that. Are we on? Yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying that word, should I? Which one? 
<laughs> Won't be long. <laughs> You're going to be kicked out of the monastery. <laughs> um, it, belief and disbelief is an interesting area because it, it doesn't have any validator there that, to know if you're believing or disbelieving something. Yeah, go ahead. It seems like, at least the way I understand your teachings, the teachings in general, that the conceptual mind is kind of the bad guy. Or no, 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 oh no, no, it's not the bad guy. Conceptual mind is not wrong. You just have to be aware that it's a concept, and rather rather than it is a concept that is, has a has a relative truth. Of course, it does, but it doesn't have an, an absolute truth unless you include its opposite. Just a way of talking about it. The equality of sameness and difference. It's an astonishing thing to realize that anything you see that looks like two different things are not separate. Separated, but fundamentally are not separate. And you're not separate from anything. You're not separate from the worst, horrible, most horrible, bizarre, terrible tragedy that's happened or from the enlightenment of the Buddha. You are, you are the Buddha in that sense. But it's not, a, it's not an identity that you can, uh, finally, I'm the Buddha. It won't be that kind of identity. Keep coming. When you seemingly address someone's shortcomings, like I'm taking that to, that's how I'm, I'm addressing your shortcomings? That's how I feel. Oh, okay, well, that's, that's different then. Yeah, because you should feel that way. Is that about correcting the way that we're functioning? The, yeah. Do you feel corrected? Yes or no? <laughs> huh? I don't know. So it's all we're doing here as a as a community, as the the teacher, the teaching, and the and the and the community is we're looking at polarity. We're looking at the way we are trapped by relative truths. We all go through. Everybody's going through their own version of. I like this, but I don't like that. And it's uh, just, it's, you know, we're all in samsara. It's called suffering. And we're not, I'm not trying to get people to suffer more. I am saying, just look at the suffering. You do not have to get rid of that. You do not have to have uh, wonderful pixie-like emotions dancing in the, the flowers. Nor do you, you don't have to be trapped by that. You don't have to be trapped by being in hell. Those are, those are unreal. I don't care how strong the nerve endings are abraded by anything. Unreal. Relatively real, of course. Of course it's relatively real, but you have to look at it. You, that's, what you're, that's what you're doing. That's what you're dedicating your life to that. At least as I wouldn't be ordaining you here uh, November the 18th, I think it was, if I would, didn't feel that you were really sincere. I don't need club members. I say I don't need them. I really need, need anything. But if I'm going to help you, I need to make sure that you're sincere about wanting to do this because it's not easy. And it's also not easy to, to not have any, any formal vows and to do it on your own. But I would help somebody or support somebody wherever they're at. I'm not going to interfere with someone's karma and try to get them to be a monk or something. Yes? When you point out an area that we... Um, our track buyer that we tend to lock down on, how, how am I to function with that genuinely? What? I got distracted by this beautiful monk over here. <laughs> it's just passion. That's all. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Or what did you say? Can you repeat it? When you point out. What just happened there? What happened? Can you tell me? Nor can I. Go ahead. 
when you point out that I locked down conceptually, how yes. do I moving forward relate to that genuinely? Oh, you're doing it, but you're not going to get a credential for it. But I just say, just continue. It's uh, the more, the more you are on the path, the less it will have a relative quality of being a path. It will look less and less like you're making any progress, less and less like there's uh, any any outpost with uh, any kind of nourishment for ego, especially, you know, go ahead. What's the, what's the fear that comes up in that space? The fear of death, the fear of uh, emptiness, the fear of being no one, the fear of actually being who you actually are, which is no one. There is no per personhood is is unreal, but it, but if you see that it's unreal, then it's all over the place. I probably look like kind of a crazy personhood. Not concerned. My, my, I live, and I'm saying this, and this may show up uh, conceptually to you in lots of different ways for anybody. I live out of a vow that's called a spiritual path. And it's about the only thing I know that is, uh, that I could even commit myself to would be that. And I learned that from, uh, mostly from the Vidyadara Chogyam Trungpa, but then I got my final, uh, what do you call that, ass kicking? Yes, from Kobanchina Roshi, three, uh, several years after uh, the Vidyadara had passed away. Questions on uh, line Michael Stoltz, go ahead. Is there a difference between morality and a vow? So what uh, I'm going to address your questions uh, as you as it shows up for you. So what do you mean by morality? Either or is a kind of morality. So you know what what is it you want to know? Because that that might be better than asking me questions that are quite conceptual. Morality is a powerful. I mean, you go on Wikipedia and there's not it's not two or three descriptions of it nor is there in the dictionary. So let me, not, let me know what, you, what is it you want to know you're curious about, and I'll try to address that. If, it, if, it, if in fact, it's a question that, that I can even respond to in a way that can be helpful to you. It's the idea of good and bad, either or, and there seems to be something that involves, are we mor a, a moral person is it necessary to have morality as part of the self or not self? I, I know it's very. Yeah. I, if you could tell me what, what it is you want to know, what is it that your, your question is based on, then it'd be, uh, I mean, I can make some comments on that, but then we get to very conversational. We all start going in circles that look, look like straight lines. And it's, uh, I'm not interested in that. I'm not, inter I'm interested in helping you, but I need to know what you're fundamentally uh, uh, straight as you can be. Uh, I think it is not, let me say this. I feel and think, but basically feel that it's necessary to have some kind of a reference point. My reference point is the Buddha. I don't believe in the Buddha. That would be a, that would be a disrespectful to the Buddha. I also don't disbelieve in that. I don't, don't have any position on that. But having, having stumbled into the teachings of the Buddha's Dharma through, a, uh, through an enlightened master, uh, it was, he was kind enough to point that out to me. What do you point out? The path. 
the ground and the path and the goal. The ground is suffering. We all got some of that. Uh, the path is uh, awareness. And the goal is understanding what this is, yourself. Not, not a belief in something. Uh, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, um, a revealed tradition of a revealed uh, someone who came down from the, from the ultimate uh, Godhead or something and, and was, had a direct connection with uh, the, the head uh, creator. It's a, it's a, it is a cumulative tradition, which means that each person uh, is, is pointed out and each person, if they see that, then they're able to point it out to either their student or possibly their students, if they happen to have any. And then those students, if, if they see what if they, if they work with that path as it was pointed out and they realize uh, what this is ultimately, it's an ultimate understanding with relative uh, um, uh, qualities to it. But there's not too many relative qualities other than you still need food. Goes on. If something appears before the story about it, it seems like there's um, an interpretation of negative or positive. Or, and it seems like there's a negativity bias in general. Yeah. Is there any way to see? Louder, please. Is there a way? Basic question. Can we see what is arising in a neutral way without ignoring it. You don't have to see it in a neutral way. Because then, then you have a, you immediately put a scrim. I mean, the experience is coming. And I'm just speaking, you put up some kind of a filter or scrim or strainer. And, uh, and the sitting practice of meditation, if any straining needs to be done, it will just happen because it's relatively, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's dependently resonant. That profound teaching of the Buddha is there is nothing comes from its own side as an individual thing or self, that everything that occurs and has its singularity gets it from our imputation about the singularity based on a grasping at this and a rejecting of that, passion, aggression, and ignorance. But and it's not that it doesn't show up that way, but it's the truth of it is uh, it was not. So just witness that that which you are trying to shield yourself from. When I say witness, just more. It seems like it would be easier to witness as it's being described as negative or positive. But usually by the time it's recognized, it's into the full story of it. And it's hard mm -hmm. to back out. Of Don't back out. Backing out is more ego. It's, just, it's a, a belief in, in a self or an ego. It's very, very subtle. And it's, it's rampant. It's everywhere. And, and you can't think your way out of this. I mean, you can, you can appear to. And if, you're, if you happen to be downloaded into this human form with, with a whole lot of, uh, what's that? What's the fancy word for intelligence? Moxie? Yeah. You're a lot of moxie. Then other people are going to tune into your intelligence and your elaborations. You know, you guys are lucky that you just ran into a dummy. Who can't think? Who's not very smart? 
who barely made it through grade school. Am I kidding you? Not really. Joka bowing. Joka. There's a question from Laura Witkowski. I know her. How does one overcome laziness and doubt? If you can ask that question, uh, then you're, what you're, do, you're, you're already doing it. But you need to ask the question so that I can say back to you, just look at it. Because if you don't ask the question, then the, then the connection between whatever, whatever the, the teaching and the sangha that was gathered here and the teaching person, in this case, this guy. And so that I can say to you, just keep practicing, schedule yourself, uh, set up a form so that you can watch how you don't do it. It's not about obeying forms. I've said this, I don't know, 15 or 20 times, but it's about observing the form. This is why this is not a macho or not a military thing, even though Buddhism has been treated that way because of a bunch of men down through the centuries uh, of some kind of a control thing. The downside of it is the control. The upside of it is, uh, is, is because of that kind of structure, the teachings of the Buddha made it to this particular time, 2,500 years after his leaving this realm. So we still have the form and coming coming to us from different ways. Now it's time to do this in a little bit different way. This is why we, uh, why I emphasize, observe the form. And I got that, that's not something I invented. That's something that uh, Gobin could see what I was doing. And he said, you don't take forms, you observe them. And he might as well have kicked me right in the teeth because it hit me immediately that I was looking at everything uh, in terms of, of, of passion, grasping at it, trying to do it, trying to get it, trying to control it, trying to get a credential. So you're doing fine. Just continue to study, continue to be with the, with the teacher, the teaching, and, and train your mind and set up a, if you're having difficulty with your laziness, which I presume you are, uh, don't call it laziness. Call, give it another name. Change the names. Look at the way the structure uh, ties you in a knot of circularity that, that where you're criticizing yourself. Don't do that. When I say don't do it, um, of course I'm saying don't do it, but you might have to observe the way you keep doing that. So don't, don't when I say don't do it, don't clamp down on it and try to control it or stop doing it. Saying just observe the way you continually uh, opt for some kind of otherness that we call uh, getting better or not being so lazy. Be lazy. Be the be the very thing that you're struggling with, so that you can, you know, be generous with yourself, with your mind. Train your mind. They're very difficult to to work with, and I, don't, and I don't say accept, but to work with the insanity of the world if you cover up your own more um, more of a mild form of uh, altercation between this side of your your uh, self-centeredness and that side, the right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, pride and shame, pride and shame, pride and shame, pride and shame. Really proud of this and really ashamed of that. It's not that those are, aren't relatively correct. Of course they are. But ultimately, it's just one more, you know, Western society sets up things like sports. We have winners and losers. And not wrong, very entertaining in some countries, uh, 
people, especially I think it was soccer, people would just get, go nuts and don't they kill each other in some countries? Or so? They sing. Huh? They sing. They sing? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's what we're missing, singing. So, again, I say, and I stress this over and over again, it's about being aware of what's happening in the mind stream rather than manipulating it. Uh, or concluding something about it. Now, you may need, uh, Laura, in your situation, you, you may need to be stronger with the form itself. This is one of the reasons we, uh, here in the monastery, if you live here, you're going to get up and you're going to live by the numbers, as they say in the military. By the numbers, by the numbers. But in the, in the military, if you don't live by the numbers, you get punished. You'll be thrown in the brig, in the jail. You'll be punished. And in this situation, you're not going to be punished. It might feel like punishment. But we would just say, you need to be here for this form. You signed up, you've agreed to do this. And if you don't want to do this, then you, know, you can leave. You can go do something else. And so in your situation, uh, Laura, I would say, just imagining a little bit what's happening uh, in your area. If you're saying about lazy, about not getting to, I don't know, maybe you don't want to wash dishes or something. Or, but I'm assuming it has something to do with the sitting practice of meditation, which is extremely hard to to do and the downside of it being hard because because it's hard but the upside of being hard that means that probably when you're sitting that's actually rubbing against the self-centeredness the narcissism that is trying to hide out because uh, you might feel like you're not making any prog progress because that which collects the credential is starting to get bleached out by looking at the wall looking at the wall you're not gonna if you start getting credentials out of the wall then that's why you need a teacher so that he, she, they can come and say, nope, that's not it. That's not it. So what I'm hearing you say is you're already working with it. Just continue. Strengthen the form a little bit. Tighten it up in some way. Make it closer. Make it more obvious when you, by observing the form, you see that you don't actually uh, conform, which means do the practice. It's not just about conforming. It's about seeing the way you, it's awareness. It's about seeing the way you avoid the form. Uh, quite often that might be more valuable as far as the mind training aspect uh, than actually being the person who never misses sitting or never misses the uh, uh, ringing of the bell or misses the form or sits for an hour a day and, and three block sits a week or something. I mean, that's good too. I like to hear that, but it, it needs, there needs to be more of a um, just keep sitting, keep sitting and whatever it takes. And that means also when you don't sit, just be aware of that dynamic and perhaps strengthen the form. Uh, if you're not, if you're already chanting a sutra or something beforehand, uh, then maybe that's enough. Maybe you need to do the four reminders. First contemplate the preciousness of being free and well-favored, difficult to gain, easy to lose. Now I must do something meaningful. If you're saying that one and the other three before you sit every time, sometimes Sometimes all you can do is do is make the form uh, loosen or not loosen it up, but change the form slightly. So you make sure you do that one, no matter what you may, as soon as that fourth one is done, you may get right up, you may open it up and say that the one I'm going to hold myself to is that four reminders. And whether I sit there and do an hour of uh, chicken taza, uh, I'm not going to be quite so tight about that. Just a way of talking about it and a way of working with form. It's about observing the form, which may mean you get up off the cushion and wander around in the living room. Observation, observing, awareness, awareness. That's how it looks.
Anna Maria Bowing. Anna Maria. Is there discernment in no separation? And if so, what, what does that look like, Bowing? Uh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't have a particular uh, form. It, it's not, there's no discerner and there's no, nothing being discerned. And this is discernment. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm using, you're, you're asking the question, I'm using the very concepts you're using to take you, uh, you know, if I use relative ideas beyond the need for some kind of discerning or someone who is discerning and someone is, something is being discerned. It is, it is, you, I'll say it a little bit different way. You are no longer arguing nor aligning yourself with anything, but there's still a human form. You still eat, you still go to the can, you still have your job or you have your relationship, whatever is happening, you're still functioning just like anybody else, maybe more simply than anyone. Maybe your situations are so simple or just there isn't anything else. I sometimes say to people when they come up to the altar, you need to bow. When I say you need, you need to be able to receive what I'm saying. It's not, I'm not telling you you have to do this. You do whatever you want to do. But if you, when you bow to an altar, that, it's like you've never done anything else. This is the first time you've ever done this, and, you, and you're never going to leave that altar. Until, you, of course, then you do. But that's the only thing that's happening. It's just that bow. That is. That, that's the Buddha. The Buddha is not a state of mind. It is mind. And so the discerning, discernment, and so on like that. Just watch that. Look at those words at how you're using those in such a way. And begin to uh, study the Pratitya Samadpada, the dependent origination, see that there's no one coming and there's no one going. And there's no place that one is coming to and no place that one is leaving. This is the path. It, it takes time. And I'm not saying you haven't spent a lot of time meditating. I know you have. Similar to that, what is, what is the discriminating in the discriminating awareness? Just seeing contrast, but without any addition. You, you see that there are separations. And the ego, if the ego begins to actually function in that level, then, then that's when the ego starts to squirm and look for a reference point. And that's when you might go to, uh, and I don't know if do this anymore. I'm going to have to go and, uh, and uh, read uh, Dan Lusthaus or somebody who's got their, got their pork bellies together. You know, I mean, sometimes you just, I need some really strong conceptual stuff because I feel like I'm turning into a, what was that thing we talked about? Sausage. Yeah. I feel like I, too many things moving in too many directions and there's no way to process it. The downside of that is it feels difficult, but the upside of it, if you tell me about that, I go, keep going. <laughs> I won't make that sound. That sound is quite interesting but it won't it, it it's you are moving towards an area you could say with still a body form here still Anna Maria still living and functioning in relationships and you're here you are on zoom we're studying together and talking about the Dharma you're as a practitioner you're moving to not only we're all moving towards uh, the the demise of the human form of course death death comes without warning that's going to happen to everybody uh, sooner or later, of course, but we're actually working with the consciousness in such a way that the identification with the body mind complex as someone, uh, so that, that that's your, the only reference point for your identity is that 
just look at that very closely. You don't have to go another direction and identify with something else. Yu Hong Baoing. Go on. Go ahead. How can I feed my eyes in terms of reading books? I find some books are very inspirational. At the same time, I feel my sense of self striving is stronger from from the book, for example, from what I read.、Um, I'm just wondering: should I be aware if I read that type of books? What are you reading? I have several. Well, you don't have to read your whole.、Um, here, but just give me an idea. Is there a couple of books that you're reading that that are easy or difficult or supportive or don't seem so supportive or confusing? Or give me some kind of idea. If it's, I have no idea what you're. A lot of different books out there, and some of them are extremely powerful to support your awareness practice, and some of them just continue the circularity. So. No. Yeah, for example, one of the book is a five, four, three, two, one. It's basically it's really、uh, to me self striving to do better, to become better, to get rid of the bad habits, to break, you know,、uh, the programmed、uh, patterns, for example. But does not support my practice. So should I be aware of,、um, be aware of that when I read these books or read that type of book? Well, if you're asking me, I would say don't read it. What I'm, what I'm saying to you, I'm saying it to everybody here. You should read some, but I mean, I'm, very, I'm biased. I can't help it. You know, I, and I have. A, if you want to read a book, I've got a whole book list of 50 books. Read them all. But if you read other books, not that you shouldn't, not that you shouldn't read,、uh, like uh, Ondo and and I have both been reading this、uh, polyvagal theory, and uh, and uh, sent you, who sent you? Did you lose your wife? <laughs> So Senju is a, a therapist, and she's uh, she's uh, been working with a new a new uh, technique for people working、uh, as therapists called、uh, brain spotting, isn't it called? Which is、uh, you know I'm not going to go into that, but just there's so many different ways, and I'm not I'm not、uh, for against anything、uh, in that way. But the, but any any time you're trying to improve yourself in some way, it's not wrong. Of course, maybe you need to do that.、Uh, I don't know, but if you're asking me questions. The most important thing you can do, Yuhong, and I've only only met you a few months ago on uh, uh, the Open Heart Project,、uh, Open Heart Meditation. But I would say most important、uh, use of your time, and I'm biased. I'm telling you,、uh, is to study uh, uh, true teaching, which is something like again biased. What my teacher said,、uh, which is a cutting through spiritual materialism, the myth of freedom. He has like a hundred volumes, volumes, and some of them are really difficult to work with, but they're not about self improvement. It's about seeing the very nature of identity, rather than try to take the identity and make it a better identity. It's not. It's not wrong. Most of the world's trying to do that. Most of the world's trying to approve. You have to be a better person. You have to be more kind. But in order to actually be kind and not be full of yourself and be all be about being a kind person, which is narcissism, even though you may be functioning very kind, you're not working with a fundamental issue, which is mistaken identity. And some people are making,、uh, working with identities that are not only they're mistaken about their own identity. There's all kinds of identities that are coming and going. Some people don't have that issue at all. Some people have lots and lots of identity、uh, situations coming and going because of the very porous nature of consciousness. You won't realize that your consciousness is porous unless your consciousness is porous. If if 
if your consciousness is fairly locked down, then you'll have even more security in being a self-centered ego, uh, ego uh, uh, contraption. Uh, me, me, me and my stuff, my ideas and everything. The downside of being porous is uh, might not feel so good to have various kinds of consequences coming in the form of apparent. I'm not saying they're true and untrue. I'm not here to, to determine the veracity of anything other than saying, look at it yourself. Use your awareness. Trust, trust yourself from the point of view of not trusting what you see, but trust the awareness that is actually seeing, not trusting what arises in the awareness. We'll get trapped by that. We'll get trapped by the fear of, oh, that's happening, or the, the, uh, the magnetism of, oh, I think I need to go this way. And some of these books are all about seducing you into what? Buying the book. And they're going to promise you this and promise you that. It's not that they couldn't relatively, but, but to do an awareness practice as I teach it here and to uh, ha, uh, start, use the, what is happening in a book, like uh, lots of books <laughs> that are like that, like Tony Robbins, for instance, that kind of thing. Not against him. Maybe that's the only thing you can do. But if you're doing this, probably shouldn't be uh, studying Tony Robbins, too. Um, I mean, if you want to help him out financially, I'm sure he'd be glad to take your money. But you might want to uh, trust yourself in the sense that look, uh, trust your awareness, not what arises in it. I know that's not easy to understand, and it won't won't be easy to understand until you stop separating your thoughts and your awareness into two different things. <laughs> that's why it's so damn hard. So read whatever you want to. I'll still, I will talk to you. I don't care if you, if you come and ask me questions out of Webster's dictionary. I mean, I won't be able to answer them and I won't be able to answer the questions about what you're asking there. And I'm not going to take you away from that. I'm just saying you will make things more difficult if you try to do two different directions. This particular situation is a path of awareness, not a, pa a path of improving or getting better. It's about seeing the fundamental nature of identity, not only yours, but, uh, of, uh, of Ellie and Abraham, and I can't remember your husband's name, but I know those are your children. Thank you. You're welcome. Do whatever you want. Do whatever. If I can help you, I will. Yes, sir. Don. Um, when you answer a question that I've asked, um, before you even start talking, my mind starts making its own commentary on what you're saying. Yeah, good. Um, Not good that it's doing it, but good that you're aware of it. Most people do that. When I say most, the 15 people that I know personally. Go ahead. How do I receive your answers fully? Just, I think you're doing it. You wouldn't be here. I mean, you won't, wouldn't be here if you're uh, in, in living in a monastery uh, doing the kind of forms that you're required to do to even live here. These are intense forms. I don't know of a Buddhist monastery that has forms as strong as these or as uh, off-putting. Uh, so I just get frustrated whenever I ask you a question because it's like my mind won't shut up with what I think you're going to say. Yeah. Are you, are you right very often? All the time. <laughs> you want to come up here and teach? No. <laughs> I'm serious. You want to come up here and teach? I'm not going to let you. I just want to know if that's what you're after. Maybe sometime, but not today. You mean you eventually want to be a Dharma teacher? Uh, if it shows up. Interesting response. 
Okay, I'll help you. Any further questions? Okay. Friends and visitors, heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with life. 